Good morning. Again, it's wonderful to see each of you this morning. Um, beautiful morning to be here to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. I don't know if y'all know it or not, but um, I think this is my 211th message here. I think, if I've counted right. So you've sat here and heard me 211 times, some of you. Some of you heard me a few more. So some of you heard me 211 times. I, and I'm going to ask you a question. What was the name of my first sermon? Anybody remember? It was July 7th, 2019. Nobody remembers. Man, that, that, I, that disappoints me. I really thought everybody would say, Go! <laughs> that was the name of the first sermon was Go! <laughs> Two letters, Go! And I thought after the sermon, y'all might tell me to go, but you've let me hang out for a little bit. But being a Christian that day, and what I want to relate today also, is a verb. The term Christian does not mean, it's not a noun, it's really something that we do. It's a life that we live. It's something that we practice and try to get better at every day of our life. To strive for the perfection that Jesus showed us. That Jesus shows us. I don't know if y'all have noticed in the last over four years, but my weight tends to fluctuate. Have y'all noticed that I'll gain weight, I'll lose weight, I'll gain weight, lose weight, and man, I'll get on, yeah, and it's just sometimes I get on these kicks and I really want to get in good shape. And I, I got on one of those kicks a few years ago, and I said, I'm going to go to a gym. I'm going to go to a gym and Start working out and get in better shape. So we go look around. Man, it's a nice gym. There's all kinds of equipment there. It, it's, it's beautiful. I thought, I believe I could get in shape here. They had a nice uh, area. They had a nice area for cardio. They had weights. They had everything that you can imagine to get a person in good shape. They had trainers. They had this uh, little smoothie bar. I don't know why. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to check this place out. I'm going to go ahead and join. Start paying my dues. I'm going to join this gym. I'm going to get in better shape. So I like to check things out a bit. So the first day I went to the gym, I sat at the smoothie bar and I watched. I thought, man, these people are working hard. They're really getting in good shape. That's what I want to do. The smoothies were really good. I go back the next day and I thought, well, let me look one more time. Just look around. I got me a smoothie. Sit back and I'm like, man, these people are getting it. Look how they're in good shape. The first month I gained four pounds. And uh, they asked me, said, how did you gain weight? Are you gaining muscle? I said, I don't think so. No, unless those smoothies have muscle in them. I don't think that's really what I've done. But I thought, man, I've joined a gym. I should be seeing some results. I was mad. I'm paying this money. I can't see that I'm getting in any better shape. So I bought another smoothie. I thought about it. And then I realized that it didn't matter how many times I went. 
How many times I surrounded my people with, all, with myself with all those people working out and getting in good shape? It didn't matter until I started working out. It wasn't going to help me. So then I did take it a little more serious, and I, I got in decent shape. Then I found the smoothie bar again. It's been an up and down thing. I grew up. I was really small growing up, and try, I tried to play high school football. I tried to gain weight. I couldn't. And then after I got married, I I, I fought weight problems my whole life now. But uh, but the thing about it is, what I want to relate to the gym is kind of our experiences at church. Kind of our experiences as trying to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we look at it the same way as I looked at that gym. I'm a part of it. It's a great place. There's some people there really working their faith and, 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 and doing it. So maybe if I just come, I'll have the same results. The message I want to give you this morning is our faith is just like our physical bodies. If we want our faith to get better, stronger, and we want to become more like Jesus every day, it's work. We have to go. We have to do things. We have to work on ourselves spiritually. If not, we're going to be here in a few years and thinking the same thing. Is what, what happened? I've been going to church. You know. So that's kind of the message I'm going to give you. I'm going to start out. I'm going to read some scripture. I'm going to read Matthew 28, and I'm going to read verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you to the end of age. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for being here with us, Lord. Just thank you for what you do in our lives, Lord. Thank you for sending your Son as our perfect example, Lord. I just pray this morning, Lord, as we study this scripture that your words flow through me, Lord, that we apply them to our lives, and we strive to be more like you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, we're still on this journey. We are still on this journey, and I'm so happy to be on this journey with you. We've been talking about ships. We've been talking about going on a journey with ships. The first week we talked about relationships. How important it is, the most important decision we can make is entering a relationship with Jesus Christ. Last week we talked about worship. This week we're going to talk about something that has no less significance or importance. That's discipleship. Remember, our journey is a journey to perfection. Our journey is a journey to be more like Jesus every day. As we're on this journey, discipleship is very important. It's important to become more holy, become more like Jesus. I don't know if you've read, but churches as a whole in the United States and most places in the world have seen a steady decline in membership. 
over the last 50 years or so. A steady decline in, in, in membership. And it's true of all denominations. It's true of every region of the U.S. And there's some theories out there that will explain it. Churches are spending a ton of money trying to figure this problem out. They're spending a ton of money. And I can't explain why it's happening, but I've got some opinions. I've got some ideas. It's a huge problem. And huge problems are not fixed by huge opinions and money. I think we're approaching the, the problem all wrong. We don't need to be throwing our opinions and our money at it. You see, what we have is a spiritual problem. It is a huge problem. It's a spiritual problem. And what I've learned is spiritual problems cannot be fixed by opinions and money. The only way spiritual problems are fixed are by spiritual solutions. So really, I want us to examine ourselves today. I want us to examine ourselves over the next few minutes while we discuss what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I want to talk about the instructions that Jesus gives us in Matthew 28. I'm going to talk about the mission of the church. And I'm going to close by offering an assessment of how we're carrying out our discipleship. And then by offering everybody Christ. But first, what is a disciple? We hear the term all the time. What is a disciple? A disciple... Is a follower, right? A disciple is someone who imitates or wants to be like. You see, we're all supposed to be disciples. John 4, 23 and 24, Jesus describes what a disciple is. But the hour is coming and is now when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. That discussion was happening with the, with the Samaritan woman at the well when the differences between Jesus and the lady were, were, were recognized because one was a Samaritan, one was a Jew, and the lady brought up some questions about where they worshipped. And Jesus told her that the day is going to come where people worship in spirit and truth. It's not the place that we worship. It's how we worship and who we worship that really matters. If we want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we have to disciple. Excuse me. We have to worship in spirit and truth. You see, a disciple is someone who worships the Father in truth and spirit. A disciple is someone whose main purpose is to be more like Jesus Christ. You see, disciple also means servant. Mark 10.45 explains that Christ came to serve. It says, For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. If you want to be a disciple, you have to serve. We have to serve each other. We have to serve others. That's what it means to be a disciple. If we truly want to be like Christ, we'll make sacrifices to serve others. We'll serve each other in our church. We'll serve our community. God forbid we may even serve some people that we are not just like. We may serve some people we don't agree with, but we're called to serve. You see, a disciple is also a witness. That scripture I just read, it tells you that you're supposed to be a witness. You're supposed to go and tell people about Jesus. 
Romans 10, 14 to 17 says, But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one whom they have not ever heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim it? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. But not all have obeyed the good news. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the word of Christ. If we want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we have to witness. We have to witness to the world. There are people out there lost. There's people in this community that needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. There's people, no matter where you go, that needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. I want to read Matthew 28, 16 through 20 again. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of age. You see, as Christians, we're called to evangelize. Everyone's not called to stand behind a pulpit or go into pastoral ministry, but we're all called to tell the good news of Jesus Christ. We're called to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We're called to offer the saving grace of Jesus Christ to everyone we meet. You see, the mission of the church, the mission of the Methodist, the United Methodist Church, is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. To make disciples. That's our mission. The mission of our church is on your bulletin. It says, Chestnut Hill United Methodist Church is a community of faith, hope, and love whose mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Our mission is not just to come and hang out. Our mission is to carry the message to everyone we meet. The, message, the mission is to go and serve others. Our mission is to be more like Jesus Christ every day. Again, this journey is a long one. We need people around us. We need people to help us carry this mission. Are we doing that? How are we carrying out this mission? Are we truly disciples? See, because before we can make disciples, before we can teach anybody how to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, first we have to be one. We have to be disciples. Before we can change anybody, we can't change anybody, but before we allow God to transform them, we have to be transformed. We have to have that but-now experience that we used to be this way, but now we're not because we've got a relationship with Jesus Christ. Are we truly disciples? We have to take care of ourselves. We have to study his word. We have to serve others. We have to do things ourselves to get us prepared. Are we doing that? How do we do that? I don't know how many of you have been on an airplane, but sometimes... 
especially when you've got to fix her personality. I want to try to fix things, fix things, fix things. And sometimes I fail to take care of myself. And it's, I've got to take care of myself first. If you're going to disciple people, you have to take care of yourself. You have to bury the Word of God in your heart. You have to pray constantly. But if you've ever been on an airplane and they start giving the safety instructions that says that, uh, you know, an oxygen mask will drop down, and if you're traveling with small children, what does it tell you to do? Put the oxygen on yourself first. You can't help that child if, they're pa- if you're passed out. You have to feed yourself. You have to give yourself what it takes, the nutrition it takes to be on this journey. And when you do that, then you can start helping other people. You see, the process for making disciples begins with evangelism. In order to make disciples, we have to be offering people Jesus Christ. We have to be showing them what a relationship with Jesus Christ has done in our lives. We have to show that we've been transformed. And then we're called to go. To go and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. When I look at our mission, I think we do a pretty good job. I think that we are a community of faith, hope, and love. We love each other. We serve our community. That's wonderful. But we've got a big community. I think we serve the world pretty well, too. We do that with the shoeboxes and some other ministries. But this is a big old world. In order to do it, we have to constantly be offering people Jesus Christ. Showing that loving grace that we can't even understand. Most of us have been on this journey for a long time, but if I ask you to explain the love and grace of Jesus Christ, can you truly do it? I don't know that I can. I don't know that I can explain how someone suffering on a cross, the first utterances out of his mouth as he's suffering is to forgive those who's doing it to him. That's the kind of love, passion, the grace that Jesus Christ is about. Once we offer people that relationship, we offer them our witness to our relationship with Christ, we've got to nurture their faith. I think that's one reason. You know, if, I, if I had to pinpoint one thing, there's a few things I think that has caused the decline in church. I don't think we do as good a job discipling people once they're in the church as we used to. I really and truly don't. I think that's one of our downfalls. Is once we get people in here, we, we, we hopefully uh, introduce them to Jesus. Do we offer enough Bible studies? Do we offer enough opportunities to fellowship? Do we pray enough? Do we offer people enough opportunities to serve our church? Do we offer people enough opportunities to serve others? If we're truly going to disciple people, That's what we need to be doing. That's what we need to be doing. To be transformed. We need to be doing these things ourselves. We need to be transformed ourselves. And then offer this same transformation that Jesus has shown us. Have we been transformed? Are we transformed? 
Again, in order to facilitate change, we must first be changed. Through Christ, we're trans- are we transforming others? Again, when people see us, they should look at us and see the hope that's available. They should see the love, the grace. Some people say, well, I'm not called to preach. Witnessing, it's hard for me. I understand that. But everybody can show love and kindness. Everybody can show grace. When you do that, when you model those things, that that's more important than your words. I said that being a Christian is not a noun, it's a verb. When we're truly doing those things, people will see the love, the kindness, the grace that comes from Jesus in our lives and all that we do. John Wesley, again, gave us some incredible instruction with his means of grace that I've mentioned a few times the last few weeks. But in order to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, in order to carry out his mission, in order to proclaim his word, we need to be doing these things. And again, John Wesley broke it down into two different sections. One's works of piety. The other is works of mercy. But works of piety, he breaks that down into individual practices and communal practices. Individual practices of works of piety. Let's see how many of these we're actually doing in our lives. Reading, meditating, studying the scriptures, prayer, fasting, regularly attending worship, healthy living, and sharing our faith with others. Those are the individual works of piety that John Wesley taught us. The communal works of, communal practices of these means of grace, which we should all be doing these together, is regularly sharing in the sacraments. Christian conferencing. In other words, we're getting together, we're accountable to each other, and Bible study. And then works of mercy. We should be doing works of mercy. If we want to be more like Jesus Christ every day in our personal life, we should do these individual practices. We should be doing good works. We should be visiting the sick. We should be visiting those in prison. We should be feeding the hungry. We should be giving to the needs of others. Those are individual practices of the Wesleyan means of grace. Communal means of grace is seeking justice, ending oppression, addressing the needs of the poor. Those are the things we should be doing together. You see, at the bottom it says making disciples of Jesus Christ. Growing vital congregations and transforming the world's a part of a spiritual adventure that's empowered and guided by the Holy Spirit. We can't do this on our own. Again, this is a big community. This is a big world. This is a, we can't do all this on our own. If we're not relying on the Holy Spirit, if we don't get out of the way and let Him do what needs to be done, then we'll get frustrated. It's going to be like drinking smoothies instead of working out. To put these into practice is how we grow a relationship with Jesus Christ. We can sit back and watch. Or we can go. And put them into practice. I want you to remember that uh, 
I want to close by offering, offering you Christ. To begin this journey that we've been talking about, the first thing you got to have is a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to be a disciple. You have to be a follower of Jesus. It's a long journey, but believe me, it's well worth it. You see, it's filled with eternal blessings. Next week, we're going to continue the journey. We'll talk about fellowship, how we should be lifting each other up and, and helping each other be more like Christ every day. Then we've got a couple more, leadership and stewardship. But again, the first thing that we need to be doing is studying His Word. Then we need to stay in prayer. We need to lift each other up. We need to lift this church up. We need to lift our communities up. We need to lift this nation up. We need to lift the world up. Again, it's a big place. But we serve a mighty big God. And when we're guided by the Holy Spirit, some amazing things can be done. If you're here today and you haven't taken that step to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and you're not on a journey to perfection, I pray that you make that decision to become a disciple today, to, to put your faith in Jesus. Again, it has eternal value. Or if you're like me and you've been on this journey for a while, but sometimes you just get bogged down with life. You get bogged down with things going on around you. I pray that we look for Him. Look to Him to keep our strength. And we practice these works these means of grace. And they were not idle. They were going out and were actively trying to find people who don't know Christ. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for allowing us to be on this journey with you. Lord, I pray that um, as we ponder these words, Lord, that... Uh, that you light a fire inside of us, Lord, that just makes us want to be more like you every day, Lord. That we, uh, we begin to show the love, grace, and mercy that can only come from a relationship with you. Lord, some of these things we can't even understand. We can't fathom how much you love us. But we're thankful. Lord, I pray that as we leave here in just a little bit, Lord, that you go with us. Lord, you make us bold. You give us the strength to be bold, to proclaim your word, to proclaim the good news. In Jesus' name, amen.